Welcome to the world of tomorrow! everyone and welcome back to Welcome to the World of Tomorrow and I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always my very special lovely co-host Mr. Jim Strangepork. How's it going buddy? It's going good Admiral. How are you? I am superb. I survived the snapture. I survived the snapture. That's all I <laughs> that's all I gotta say. I partially did. Oh. Okay. I lost an arm to it. Only half of one though. It's- and the Honorable Tesla is here. Tesla, like always, ready to watch those Futurama episodes and belly rubs, as always. Well, Jim, before we get started, why don't you tell the people here what we do and why we do and how we do it. I don't know why we do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, we are a Futurama fan podcast. We take it upon ourselves to watch the wonderful hit animated sci-fi series Futurama uh, not just, you know, regularly, but we analyze it, we break it down, and we talk about it so that you can listen to us, or don't listen to us, as long as you download. I mean, I'd rather you listen, I guess. You know, I mean, right? you can just put it on for, like, noise at, like, parties. Like, we could be at the party, but right. not... Make others listen to us. Exactly. That's even better. Like, download, then just, like, drop your phone somewhere with us playing. Yeah. Let people hear us. Like, sync it up to a Bluetooth at, like, your mom's house, and just let it on repeat. Yes, exactly. absolutely. Yeah, or uh, we and we watch Futurama. We talk about it. We tell you our fun facts and things we want from the future uh, because we love this show. And we do it unpaid. That's right. Exactly. Nah. Exactly. For exactly. now, maybe. For now. Uh, but guys, we are ready to review one of the best episodes of this season. Anthologist of Interest, number one! There we yes. go. Alright. So, uh, original air date, May 21st, the year 2000. Uh, episode 16 of season two. Uh, and the uh, caption is, Painly... Uh, what was it? Painly... Painstakingly drawn before a live audience. That's it. The, the stakenly part, I was like, wait, what is that? Yes, painstakingly drawn before a live audience, which I think is hysterical. Yes. Um, and those are never the same. They're always different. Yes. And the cartoon, uh, because uh, Jim wants me to clu- include the cartoons, and you know what? I'm cool with it. Uh, Bosco, Shipwreck, 1931. Yep. Bosco is an old, forgotten Looney Tunes character, too. Mm-hmm. You don't see him very often. All right, so you want to start up? I know you like this episode a little bit more than I do. I like oh, I, the. I love this one. I like the second Tales of Interest better than this one. That's true. I I, I love both of these, and I wish they'd have kept going with it. If the, if this series ever gets picked back up, I hope they do a third one. Yeah, Matt Groening, we know you're listening. Yes. Or David X. Cohen. And still not paying us, yeah. even though we've hinted many times. And Billy know. West, Mar- uh, Maurice LaMarche, you know. Phil Lamar, Katie Seagal, we could we could just go on. John we, DiMaggio. We'll take payment in the form of, you know, autographs. John DiMaggio as well. But okay, cool, yes. Yes, so, 
to the episode. Uh, so this episode opens up with the professor bringing everyone in to demonstrate his latest and greatest invention, the thing longer, which uh, allows you to point or to touch things that are very far away, really to poke them. It's 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 the uh, the year three thousand version of the poke button that Facebook got rid of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he activates his what if machine. Yes, which suddenly takes the interest of everyone else away from the thing longer. Yeah, and I like how Bender's like, What happens if I was 500 feet tall? Yes, yes, I love it. And, and there's so little Benders? The what-if machine now generates yeah. this scenario and sort of a short cartoon of Bender, but if he was built to be 500 feet tall by an army of mini-Benders. Yeah, but wait, so does that mean that there are more Benders out there? I suppose. There's a planet of benders. Uh, so basically, he gets blasted from the planet that we don't know about to Earth. And I love that Fry is still unfrozen. You know, he still goes about his regular life. And he's like, no one wants to be my friend. And he goes up to a duck. He's like, will you be my friend? And the duck bites him. Yes. I laugh so... I, I don't know what it is, but it's that... That just... The way the duck bites him, and he's like, "Ow!" Like, it's just it's so perfectly fried. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. And so, like, Bender lands near Fry when he arrives on Earth, and they become friends. And like, they they play the duop song, right? Or, from Hanson. Whatever. From yeah. Hanson. And that's actually really Hanson. That's. Is it? That's yeah. awesome. I love it. Uh, like, they kill Hanson at one point playing Frisbee when Bender, like, dives for it and lands on the concert. But my question is, how is Hanson playing the guitar if he's a head in a jar? That is a good question. We've seen other heads in jars that get, like, the little robot hands, right? They didn't have a robot hand. They're just that damn good. Okay. They're bop. It just, it carried the guitar for them. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, Hanson, and then, um, Bender goes around and tries, uh, chicken flavor cigarettes. Yes. Okay. It's, it's really strange. So basically the army attacks Bender because they think he's a threat. Because uh, he killed all the people and Hanson. Yeah. So the Planet, yeah. Planet Express team come up with a, with an idea to make someone of theirs, uh, larger so, of course, they choose Zoidberg. I love the way they get him, too, with the guinea pig. Oh, two meals in one week? Yes. <laughs> oh, um, I oh. guess they enlarge Zoidberg, and it's like the greatest sequence ever of a Godzilla movie. With Zoidberg they... fighting Bender. Uh, I, love how, uh, I love how he takes the chase bank and he attacks him. And then yeah, I love how he... Credit card application. Yeah. What about the Apollo? Boo me off yes. stage, why don't you? Yes. Um, and then they kind of they kind of see each other and start fighting. And then um, I don't know what bridge was that the Washington Bridge that uh, Zoidberg tried to uh, throw a building uh, at him. I'm trying to think. I, probably. Oh. Well, if it's not, it's probably the Roosevelt Bridge. But whatever. Uh, but he takes it and he, you know does it like a bow and arrow and it lands far away on the side of a cliff and it's like and it, a thing falls new luxury apartments available like 
That's something an apartment complex would do. Yeah. Water uh, water view or whatever it was. Riverside view. Riverside. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, and so then, the, uh, the, he, I don't know what, what stadium was that, that, that Bender it picked was, Um, it's where the Mets play, I think. Cause it says on there that they still have not won, uh, a World Series since like the 80s. Oh, okay. It was the last time the Mets won one. Uh, so they take the water, he, he fills it up with water and he, like, boils it, throws Zoidberg in there. And then Zoidberg comes out all red and furious, snaps Bender at his ankles, and he falls over, and the Empire State Building is coming out of his chassis. Yeah, he's like impaled on it. Yeah. And uh, I know this scene kind of chokes you up, so I'm going to let you have this one. Yeah, so it's uh, so it's kind of like the play on the King Kong scene, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. But like basically Fry is like, blaming them like who's the real monster here and bender's like i just had a simple dream that i'll never be able to finish a dream of killing all humans who's the real monster here not i not i and he dies and then, which is great and then slow sour music just plays yes um, um and that's and uh part one right yeah that's that's it and i love how maurice lamarche comes up and goes did you remember wasn't that interesting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and so then, now we're back on. Uh, now, now we're, now we're back at the Planet Express building, and they do the what if machine again because they want Leela to find out what how how would she be more impulsive? Yes. Well. Because first she says about what if she bought new boots. Right. And then she needs to do something more impulsive. So then... <laughs> her impulsiveness starts with her having new boots. With a lime green stripe? Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so then, uh, basically, it's kind of a murder mystery episode? Yeah, sort of the, the Hitchcock episode. Yeah. She, uh, Professor names her as his sole heir because she's completely not impulsive. Yeah. Um, and he's feeding his man-eating, totally his man-eating anteaters. Yes, which brilliant pet for the professor. Yeah, uh, which I love how there's just a pit in the kitchen for no reason. Yes. Yeah. And you know. so she kicks the professor into the pit, and they eat him, and they spit up his glasses, which is hysterical. Yeah, like the skull comes out and they spit up the glasses onto the, the skull. Oh. And so then she gets everything and then I love how Hermes is like, oh, It's a video, Will! It shows you killing him! And then... Yes. And then, uh, so she kills... So she kills the professor by throwing him down the... Uh, the anteater pit. Yes. And then she kills Hermes, hacks his torso up. Is that my torso you're hacking up? Torso. I love uh, Hermes when he's having like horrific things happen to him, and he's he's making comments like that. That is my favorite Hermes. I love how I love how uh, the uh, Zoidberg has a professor in murder murderology and murderomedy. I think yes. And then so I love how he's questioning like... the ant eaters while Hermes is like, "Quiet, Hermes! Quiet!" Yes, while Hermes is being murdered. Uh, and then I love how he's like, blah, blah, blah. how do you spell that? How do you spell <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
And so after she chops up Hermes, she's, like, clearly shoving him down the garbage disposal, and Bender catches her. Mm-hmm. And begins trying to commit extortion. Yep. Uh, and so she uh, she breaks the microwave, or she turns on the microwave. She has a cleaver, and she's yeah. like, oh, it won't hurt me. So then she picks up the microwave, turns it on, and she smashes the glass. Yes. And, and it, the radiator breaks yeah. Bender. Yes. And she turns him into a go-kart. Yes. Uh, and then Amy is like, wow, cool. So then she's like, you got any gum? No. Oh, darn. So then she kills Amy. Yeah. Uh, and then they go to the, um, what's that? The uh, It's like the accusing parlor. That's it. They go to accusing parlor. Uh, with Zoidberg, Fry, Kubert, um, Nibbler, and our first speaking appearance... Of Scruffy. Which is shocking that that's so late, because I love Scruffy, and I always feel like he's introduced in, like, the second or third episode. I mean, he's in it, but he doesn't have a speaking role. Yeah. I always, I don't even remember what episode it's in, but it's, like, the most, like, the almost, like, perfect introduction of Scruffy when they, like, go to fix the boiler, and he's like, no, I'm on break. And it clearly comes after this, because this is his first appearance where he's speaking. Well, what was it? Uh, I know the first episode we see him in is the one where they go see, um... The Beastie Boys? Yeah. Because he's... Like, he, he wrote, them the yeah. Page. Yeah. Uh, but... But, so... So, basically, Cubert uh, goes, Oh! it. They go, It's a boot print! So, Cubert's like, I know who it is! Can you get the lights? And so, she stabs Cubert, and then... With the sword that was, like, on the wall behind her. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then uh, Scruffy's like, Scruffy knows who it is. Scruffy gets stabbed. Yeah, the lights go off, Scruffy... Is now impaled over Hubert. Yeah. Or no, impaled over Scruffy on the sword. Yeah, and then Nibbler's like freaking out because he knows who it is. So he takes. She takes Nibbler and skewers Nibbler, but puts it between Cubert and Scruffy. Yes. And then I love how the. Uh, I love how Zoeberg's like, I know who it is. You're boring, Zoeberg. God, this is boring. You're boring me. Jeez. Gosh. I'm going to leave now. Can you get the lights on your way out? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, comes uh, come to find out that uh, she kills Zoidberg and starts eating it. And I love how I love how uh, Varad goes, what are you eating? Lobster? Oh my god. You're the one who killed the professor. Yes, it was me. But you know I really want to do really something really, really impulsive. And then they sleep together. Yes. And I love the ending where they, uh, she has sex with him, clearly, and then, like, asks him to get the lights, and he turns off the lights, and you hear him scream, and then he goes, I really like the new you. Yeah. <laughs> that leads up to the imagination of what's going there. You never know. Yep. You never know. Oh, uh, and that is the end of part two. Yes. Uh, and now we're going to go on to one of my favorites little scenes, is uh, this one. Uh, is the Fry one? If Fry never got frozen, yes. Or what did he? How did how did Fry put it exactly? He goes, um, uh, if I didn't fall and hit my head in that thing or something, I forgot it. Because he said it, and they were like, "Ask it again," but not a little less stupid. Yeah. What happens if Fry didn't get frozen? Uh, and so then basically it shows the pilot of the episode again of the season. And uh, it shows him falling, but we don't see a shadow. If That's you, right. If you notice that, 
So then he falls, hits his head, and he, you know, and he's like, ow, I found you in the toilet. So he throws the streamer, which I love that he, it's just absolute a fry that he keeps the streamer that he found in the toilet. Like, yes. As one does. Um, and so then uh, a warm hole or a fry hole shows up, uh, and it has the, it has Zoidberg, uh, Bender, and I think Leela? Yes, and the professor. Yeah. And I love, he's like, one of you Icy Wiener, I love Zoidberg's like, if that's his pizza, I'm him. I'm Icy whatever. (laughs) Uh, and so then he goes, he leaves, he goes back to, uh, Mr. Panucci, and Mr. Panucci has one of the best lines ever. There's only three real monsters, kid. Dracula, Blackula, and Son of Kong. Like, yes. Of Not course. Even Kong, just no. Son of Kong. Son of Kong. <laughs> uh, and then this is the part where I know you really like this episode because we get some special guests, and I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about this part. Yes. Um. So Stephen Hawking comes into uh, Panucci's Pizza, and. Fry realizes Fry it uncharacteristically recognizes Hawking as a famous scientist uh, and asks him about the hole with the monsters in it. And uh, Hawking basically just blows him, like tells him nothing, go away, leave me alone, and like runs. Well, you know, scoots off. He flees. Um, I feel terrible for that joke. Rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. Um, so he he then, as Fry is leaving, he goes into the alley uh, and hears a voice, uh, and he basically gets Get him. Oh, my God, who said that? <laughs> yeah, and it's clearly Stephen Hawking's voice. Um, and he is abducted by and wakes up in a van with uh, Al Gore, Nichelle Nichols, Stephen Hawking, and I forget. Get the character, the guy named Gary Gygax, yes, the inventor of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and I, I forget the computer. I don't know the computer either. I don't remember. It was like a, um, a chess computer. Yeah, it was the one who beat um, like the world chess player or something, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they reveal that they are the vice presidential action rangers. Uh, and it's their job to basically stop uh, rips in the space-time continuum. Um, and so they force Fry back to the applied cryogenics lab because something should have happened and didn't, and it's causing this wormhole to open up, and so they need to cause whatever was supposed to happen to happen now. And they don't know what was supposed to happen, so they bring him there, and uh, he explains that he hit his head, and they're like, well, obviously... Uh, you were supposed to die from that, so they start trying to kill him. And, and then the, when that doesn't work, they don't know what else to do because they, they're they not good at anything else. The wormhole opens up. Yeah. And then, like, Bender is the only one in the wormhole this time. Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, look! It's you brought nerds! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and when they realize that Fry had to be in the tube, um, but he's afraid of the robot he borrows gary gygax's mace uh which he then uses to smash the cryogenics tube making it impossible for him to get frozen and so the entire universe collapses and uh fry and the action rangers are just left floating around outside of the universe and so they start playing dungeons and dragons for eternity i love how michelle nichols goes 
Uh, I've been stuck in eternity with Star Trek convention nerds. I've yeah. dealt with the worst. Like, yes. <laughs> and I love the computer. Like, I don't remember when, but at some point, it tries. It comes up with a chess move. Like, not all things can be solved with chess. One day, you'll learn that. <laughs> yes. Oh, Al Gore said that, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And this is all of these characters are voiced by the actual people, right? Except the chest computer. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love how Gary Gygax is. Uh, oh, and by the way, it's Deep Blue is the computer. That's it. Yes. Yeah. I love how Gary Gygax when he meets Fry is like, "It's a greetings to meet you. Like, it's a pleasure <laughs> to meet you. Not everything can be solved with dice." Like, yes. That is probably one of the best lines that Al Gore could probably ever deliver. Just like... Yes. Well, and he did this while he was, like, still the vice president and running for president. Oh, you ruined my fun facts, man! Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that has been the uh, Tales of Interest number one episode... Uh, well- there is one last thing, because when they turn it off, the professor throws away the what-if machine because he thought it was unrealistic because Stephen Hawking was in the pizzeria. And then as we zoom out, it is revealed that that entire episode was being watched on the what-if machine by the professor of what if he had invented the thing longer. Yes. He's like, oh no, what 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 have I done? Yeah. Hmm. And that's the end of the episode. And that is the end of the episode. All right. So now we're going to move on to uh, fun facts. Uh, obviously, like I said beforehand, first speaking, uh, appearance of Scruffy, then also, uh, Al Gore was vice president. He was running for president when they recorded this. Yes. Uh, Nichelle Nichols did it, um, and Gary Gygax did it, and Stephen Hawking did it. It's really sad that two out of those four people are dead now. Gary Gygax... I was going to say, I know Hawking's dead. Who else? Gary Gygax and Stephen Hawking's are dead. Yes. Um, uh, By the way, uh, David X. Cohen. horrible about Michelle Nichols? Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, no, no. She's not not gone yet. She's not gone yet. Uh, And um, Al Gore, apparently, you remember the line where he was like, ah, and he yelled? Yes. Apparently, according to David X. Cohen, the you know producer of the show, uh, he jumped on his couch to get that. Like Al Gore jumped on his couch of his house to get that <laughs> scream. <laughs> uh, and so they asked him, like, how was it like, you know, doing Al Gore? Were you like, oh my god, it's the vice president? He was like, no, I just went into total mode. So David X. Cohen basically told Al Gore. How to read the lines, just like a normal person. Yeah. Which is, like, very interesting because, you know, that's how it should be. I mean, there's a thing of yeah. professionalism. Like, look, I know you're the pre- your vice president, but it's our show. You need to do it, you know. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no. Um, I really, I really like this episode. Um, and also, um, yeah. Nichelle Nichols, um, I think, has recorded like four or five or three times, I think. But Al Gore has done it like I think five or six times in the entire yes. run. He uh, was on there a lot. Yeah, but I think George Takai took the cake. Uh, 
Yeah. And I think he has like eight appearances. I think, I think so. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, you got any fun facts, uh, Jim? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did mention about during Bender's uh, story when Zoidberg gets to be giant and he attacks uh, the Chase Manhattan Bank and uh, the Apollo Theater. Those are actually both references um, to earlier episodes uh, in A Clone of My Own. He mentioned being booed off of the Apollo Theater, and uh-huh. in the episode Bender Gets Made, which I believe was two episodes ago, three episodes ago? Two. Uh, two episodes, yeah. He uh, he talked about how his uh, credit card application was declined. Continuity! Yes, we have continuity, which doesn't happen often. No. Um, also, uh, fun fact, uh, John DiMaggio said in the commentary that he performed on the Apollo stage and did not get booed off. Well, that's nice. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, um, uh, so let's move on to anything else before we move on to things I want? Um, I have one other thing here. I'm trying to find my notes. Um, um no, I don't think I got anything else. Alright, let's go into things I want. Things I want. Uh, obviously, I want the what-if machine, but I feel like if I had the what-if machine... I would just stand in front of it and ask it questions all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of don't want it. I want the accusing parlor as well. Who doesn't? Yeah. Just have parties there all the time. Yeah, yeah. And accuse people. Exactly. It was uh-huh. you! Yeah, definitely. It, it, best party ever, right? What about the thing longer? What about that one? That's definitely on my list. Uh, I want 500... Uh, little benders that build one giant bender. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I want Hanson in head and jars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? What else do you want? Things I want from the future. Um, I'm with you on the what if machine and the thing longer. I also, uh, I really want some, uh, man-eating anteaters. Yes, that's another one I, I like as well. Um, and, uh... Yeah, I think that might have actually... Is it weird that I want my own Vice Principal Action Rangers? Action figures? Like, I want them as action figures. But I also want a squad, so when I call them, they're like, we're the Vice Principal Action Rangers. But not the Vice Principal now, because he sucks. But I'm talking like Al Gore or Joe Biden. Like, I would love an Al Gore and a Stephen Hawking action figure. Yes. I would no, like Gary Gygax. He's probably the one I'd want the least. Michelle Nichols is awesome, but you can already get her action figures, I'm sure. And you, I'm pretty sure you can get Al Gore as well. I'm pretty sure there's an Al Gore one somewhere, probably. If any of you out there are listening know where I can get an Al Gore action figure, please let me know. I want one. Um, what about uh, who do you think the uh, vice principal action rangers would be for Joe Biden? Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Definitely the inventor of ice cream. Yes. Yes. Um, all right, guys. So that is our show. You can find us at lowrainpictures.com. Also, Martin the Arrogant Observer. Thank you for allowing us to use your website. Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. Also, guys, you can check out my regular podcast. Uh, this one is done every other week. So it's bi-weekly, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Bi-weekly. Um, every other week. And Tesla is letting me know that uh, he really loves all you guys and he wants to get belly rubs from everybody. 
Um, but he wants belly rubs for me right now because he really wants to. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, email us at cinemagyms15 at gmail or follow me on Twitter and Instagram on Holland Sci-Fi. Um, also, guys, wipe your hooves and see you later. You got anything else? That's it for me, guys. All right, Jim. See you in two weeks. That's right. All right, guys. Bye.